And when we talk about today's NBA culture um, and, and a softness that comes along with it, we're not talking about physically. We're not talking about guys who aren't big, who aren't strong, who aren't fast or anything like that. We understand the game has evolved. Athletes have evolved. A lot of them are better and superior than what we saw back in the day. But something set the standard. Everything grows from something. And so for me, you know, when you see the, you know, the good old days, as I call it, old school, and, and, and cats had to have a lot of heart. You didn't just have to have skill. You had to have a lot of heart. When I, I think this is the first generation where it's not necessarily the player's fault, but there's been a softening mentally, mentally. Mm -hmm. Of, of of things, how sensitive you are to skeptics. You're sensitive, ass. You're sensitive, ass. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All of that shit. I'm like, you know, this is some bullshit. I mean, it really, it would really, it really drives me crazy because I think cats, like said, and others have every right to lament the absence of intestinal fortitude and mental yeah. toughness that we see in today's game where guys are so back in the day, if you sat up there and you was insulting the set and all of them, they know who you are. They might say something to you before the game, but they damn sure looking for you after the game when they prove you wrong. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's how, that's as far as it went. You got guys here that might not talk to you for years because you pointed out a fact that's indisputable that can't be disputed. And you're just looking at them and it's like, damn, you need to grow up. But but that's yeah. what it happened to today's generation of players, and that's unfortunate. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. All right, it's another episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. He is Cedric Maxwell. I am Josue Pavone, and we told you we had surprises, right, Max? We we told them we got some 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 surprise guests that they're not gonna believe we pulled off. And this is uh we didn't miss this time. This is one of them, man. Legendary journalist, ESPN's host of First Take, also host of the uh Stephen A. Uh Stephen A. Smith show on YouTube, which I, I personally enjoy myself, man. He's Stephen A. Smith. Uh, welcome to the Central Maxwell Podcast, Stephen. We appreciate What's you. What's going on, man? How you doing, man? You okay, my man? I mean, it's uh, you know, it's hazardous to your health to be working with this brother, Cedric Maxwell. You know what I'm saying? I want to make sure that you're okay. I want to make sure that you are all right, man. I mean, that that's a lot for a youngster to be connected to. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Look, you know what? We, up, it, goes, it, it goes up and down. It goes up and down. Right now, we're going to come off the rip right now and ask you, what the hell is this stuff going on with you and Charles Barkley? Because I know y'all boys. <laughs> it just like some nah, stuff it was, going it was, on. Oh man, that's how. Listen, I, I loved it, man. It was my first time I was ever on TNT, man. Shaq and the fool, he got me real good. Barkley was getting at me and what have you. But this is how they. This is how they do. They text me with this stuff. On. They're like you. I mean, it's like people see me, you and I together and stuff like that. How we always get that. I'm like, it's nothing different than how the man treats me every time. Every time he talks to me, I mean, it's just the way it is. These are my boys, so it, it was it was good. It's a lot of fun, man. You know, my big bros getting on me the way y'all do. It's hilarious, man. It's all good. Yeah. I happened to run up on him. He was doing this take uh, last year in Miami, and he was going. Back and forth. It's like, you know, Marcus, I got problems right now. The Celtics are winning, but look the way they're winning. And he's right in the middle of his, his broadcast. And I run into him and I'm like, how about them damn Celtics? Uh -huh. <laughs> and he looked at me like, are you serious? I can't believe you, man. I can't believe you, man. I can't believe He damn sure did it right while I'm on the air. On the air. There's, there's no decorum whatsoever. I'm like, 
I'm like, yeah, look, y'all, it's, it's, it's my man Cornbread. I mean, that's what he's going to do. Just get over <laughs> it. Just get over it. You know, right. he's about that life. That's right. Well, that's my question right. to you, my question to you, uh, uh off the off, off the bat, man, is uh, how does what what does Cedric Maxwell mean to you in the sense of watching him as a player? What I mean by that is, did he, did he piss you off, or would you cheer for him? Which one were you? Uh, which side I, I, you I'm the kind of person I would cheer for somebody like that because I like somebody that you know that that's going to talk and then that's going to back it up. You know, I grew up and. It wasn't necessarily that I was a 76ers fan, but I was a Julius Irving fan. I was a Dr. J. The Dr. Oh, J makes when Brett when Brett Musburger <laughs> was calling the game. And so I would remember when when they're playing the Celtics and, and Cornbread would be like, it's over. It's over. Ain't coming back. Ain't coming back. Ain't coming back. Don't even worry about it. You know, I'd be like, damn. But then he'd go out on the court with Bird and the rest of the crew and they'd back it up. And so I'm one of those guys that I always respect that as as a pundit and as a journalist and, and all of that, you know, I, I don't care about the talking as long as you're going to back it up, as long as you're not going to be a punk and deviate from the kind of things that you said, if, you know, keep that same energy. If you're going to have that kind of energy when you're talking about somebody, when you get on the court, make sure you back it up. And he was one of those people. And he spoke up not just on behalf of himself, but his teammates. And sure enough, his teammates would respond. So you always have to give props to that. And because to me, that's what champions are made of. And when we talk about today's NBA culture um, and, and a softness that comes along with it, we're not talking about physically. We're not talking about guys who aren't big, who aren't strong, who aren't fast or anything like that. We understand the game has evolved. Athletes have evolved. A lot of them are better and superior than what we saw back in the day. But something set the standard. Everything grows from something. And so for me, you know, when you see the, you know, the good old days, as I call it, old school, and, and, and cats had to have a lot of heart. You didn't just have to have skill. You had to have a lot of heart. When I, I think this is the first generation where it's not necessarily the player's fault, but there's been a softening mentally, mentally mm -hmm. of, of, of things. How sensitive you are to skepticism. You're sensitive, man. You're sensitive, man. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, exactly. All of that shit. I'm like, you know, this is some bullshit. I mean, it really, it would really, it really drives me crazy because I think cats like said and others have every right to lament the absence of intestinal fortitude and mental yeah. toughness that we see in today's game where guys are so back in the day, if you sat up there and you was insulting and said and all of them, they know who you are. They might say something to you before the game, but they damn sure looking for you after the game when they prove you wrong. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And that's how, that's as far as it went. You got guys here that might not talk to you for years because you pointed out a fact that's indisputable, that can't be disputed. And you're just looking at them and it's like, damn, you need to grow up. But but that's yeah. what happened to today's generation of players, and that's unfortunate. Well, isn't, isn't let me ask you this, isn't Draymond Green a kind of throwback to that time. And you know, like, I, I, so. I have my bouts with him, but I still look at him as like I love him. guys who would cross the line to win yes. for his team. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree with that. But also I know him personally and because we talk a lot. And from a mental perspective, if, if Draymond got an issue with you, Draymond gonna tell you. Mm -hmm. he, 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 you know, he, he's gonna search you out, he'll find you and he'll let you know what he thinks about what you said and being in our position you cannot you cannot find fault with that anybody that wants to talk to me um based off of something that i've said 
I'm all ears. I will listen. I will have a conversation with them. And damn it, if they wrong, I'll admit it. And if I said something wrong publicly, uh, I, I'm going to I'm going I'm going to admit it publicly. And I'm going to correct myself publicly. I'm not going to do something publicly. And then all of a sudden I'm wrong. And then I'm going to go hide. And then privately I'll admit I'm wrong. But I'm, I'm going to hold the fort publicly. No, no, you got a man up. He's like, yo, he got a good point. He got me there, what have you. And Draymond's one of those people that will hold you accountable. CP3 is one of those people that will hold you accountable and stuff like that. And so I appreciate that old school mentality when it comes to that. Again, Athletes back in the day were sensitive. I'm not saying that wasn't the case. It's just that they didn't hold the grudge and hate you for life and never said anything to you. They literally confront you and be like, yo, here's where you got this wrong. You need to know what you're talking about. You got this wrong. This is what was the truth, et cetera, et cetera. And when you have that, when you deal with that stuff on a man, on a manhood level, then it's a lot easier to respect the fact that you recognize tradition and what comes with it instead of capitulating to the new school way of thinking where you've got to be soft mentally and you got to hold on to stuff you don't need to be holding on to and walking around with unnecessary grudges over things that are relatively small that you gave a life of its own just because of your heightened level of sensitivity. You know what? I have to say that you're totally correct in Draymond's case because he searched me out. He found me in the playoffs. He he found me. Your guy, Joe Sway, was sitting there, and he came to me. I was talking to Gary Payton. He's like, man, I heard something that you he, – he told Gary Payton not to talk to me. And right. I said, you got something to say to me? And he said, no. Nah, and then we went to the back, and he was like, this is what you said. You said that somebody would knock me out. I didn't say that. He yeah, said, see, he took it out of comfort. I didn't say right. that. What I said, if you were in the league, I said you would got knocked the fuck out. Because during that time, they wouldn't allow you to walk in somebody else's huddle. But I did respect him for exactly what you said, for him coming to me and saying, right. hey, this is how I feel. And I, I, right. I really respected that. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money bet. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet, that's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 800-GAM-1234. Now, let me ask you this before I let Joe Sway go. I'm a Cowboy fan. Mm -hmm. I need to lament with you. My my condolences. My condolences. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be all right. He'll be all right. You in Boston. What the hell are you doing being a Cowboy? (laughs) You went to UNC Charlotte. What the hell no, going tell on? him facts. Tell him. But what what are you gonna do? I'm gonna ask you this. But what are you gonna do if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl? It's not something I've entertained. I can't imagine. 
It's not something I've entertained. And I want to tell you the wager coming up. That's the question of a typical cowboy fan. Let me ask him what would he do if he win the Super Bowl? Nah, nah. Y'all saying every year, no, we're gonna win the Super Bowl next year, right? And y'all stick up the joint. I mean, please, ain't nobody trying to hear all of that. When you win, call me. Call me. Call me. Call me. You know, I, I I'll deal with it then. But I'm not entertaining that, bro. I'm not entertaining it. Y'all you, you, you know what? Yeah, Y'all may go you. down. You know what? You made a great comment. And, and I just wanted to touch on this before. I do let Joe Sway go on. But you talked about yourself. And because I want to know about you in a little bit. And I remember you talking about ESPN. And when you first got there, they said you were going to be, you know, this is a, a, a big pond here. And you might be a little fish. And I, the, the quote I remember you telling the man was like, you know, no, I, I, that's not me. Your confidence went ahead. You said, no, nah, you you turned them damn cameras on and you watched me work. And now you become uh, a, a national celebrity. Did you ever think that you would take it to that level from where you were in Winston-Salem State to where you are now? I didn't I, I didn't I didn't believe that. I didn't analyze it that way. What I said to the to the uh, producer was. Um, I'm not going to be a little fish in anybody's pond. I mean, I, that that's just how I roll. And, you know, it's, it's very few things in life that I think that I'm relatively gifted at. But but being on television is one of them. And when I'm on television, I believe I'm the best in the world. I really do. I don't think that anybody can do all the things that I've done. I've been a beat writer on a high school, college and pro level. Um, I've been a columnist. I've been a general sports columnist. Um, obviously, I've been a radio host. Um, I've been in television. Um, I've been an insider. I've been a reporter. I've been a pundit and commentator. I'm a personality now. Plus, I'm the executive producer of First Take for Crying Out Loud. The list goes on and on with my, with my podcast. I own and operate it. It's mine. It's not associated with ESPN. I own and operate it. So now I'm a business owner with my own production company. I just believe that when it comes, it's, it's truly the way that I feel. I don't, there's no accuracy to it. It's just a subjective opinion. But literally when I'm on TV, it's the one time in my life when I'm in front of the camera, I believe that everyone is waiting for me. I believe that, like, I believe that I, I take second place to nobody. I don't give a damn what pundit it is or whatever. And I respect everybody and all of them you might have people that have more knowledge you might have people that have more experience you might have people that are better journalists you, you might have people somebody might be more exciting as a commentator somebody might have greater ratings or whatever but i believe i'm the one person that has a resume that says damn he did it all and he mm -hmm. can do it all i'm the guy that they can come to and say all right you the pundit but the host gets sick. Stephen A. In a drop of a nanosecond, can you move to the left and host the damn rest of the show? Because we we, we need somebody to host the show. They know they can do that with me because I've done it. Oh, well, we need you to go to a game and report. They know I've done that. Oh, we need you to go on site and, you know, we, we need you to do X, Y, and Z. I've done it all. And so when I consider the level of versatility in the arsenal, it's like being on a basketball on a basketball court said, you know what? It, it's somebody that could shoot. It's somebody that could rebound. It's somebody that could pass. Somebody that could play defense. One of the reasons we call Michael Jordan the GOAT is because he could do whatever you needed him to do, whatever was necessary, because he had an arsenal that appeared to be unlimited. That's how I feel when I'm in front of the camera. I'd believe that 
I'm that dude and I'm second to nobody. I just feel that way. Okay. I like that, Stephen. Like, you know, along those lines, what do you make of the way things are nowadays, right? Where the, uh, you know, maybe because the COVID shut down and nowadays people are just, they tune into YouTube, guys are broadcasting themselves, they're getting guys to uh, guests that they wouldn't normally get, you know, to, to do different stuff from their, from the comfort of their home. Mm-hmm. What do you make of the way, the way journalism is sort of transformed into a new era? And what do you think is uh, sort of a, well, uh, on the horizon? What's, what's the come? I wouldn't use the word, I wouldn't use the word journalism because there's a lot of subjectivity uh, that right. comes into play, particularly when players are interviewing players and, you know, they're letting them speak, but they're not challenging them on some of their opinions and thoughts or whatever. Having said all of that, I completely and 1000% support these brothers having these platforms, um, having an opportunity to express their thoughts, their beliefs, their perspectives, their opinions, et cetera, et cetera. I got no problems with it whatsoever, especially, and I'm going to, I'm going to go there, especially when you're black, because one of the things that we've lamented throughout history is the absence of a preeminent voice. We 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 wanted to have a voice. We need go. That's why black folks are held to such a standard that we're held to because it's by our own. It's not white America that's holding us to that standard. It's others. I give you a perfect mm-hmm. example. I'm hosting. You know, I'm co-hosting and starring on First Take. Well, when Trayvon Martin got shot, people expected me to comment on it. They weren't expecting every sports show to comment on it, but damn sure First Take had to comment on it. Because right. I was there. What you going to say, Stephen A? When, when George Floyd was killed, what you going to say, Stephen A? When the racial riots was going on, what you going to say, Stephen A? Et cetera, et cetera. There's a level of expectations that comes with it. Why? Because we come from a community that primarily has been voiceless throughout history. And we needed somebody to carry that mantle. Well, now there's not one preeminent voice to do that, per se. There mm. are an abundance of people with voices. And as a result, we're all being heard. Now, I do think that at times we have to be careful. There's an elevated level of responsibility. For example, I'm held to a different standard than a player is held to. I'm held to a different standard than a former player is held to, et cetera, et cetera, right. because right. of my, 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 my resume, my reputation, who I represent, who I'm associated with for my day job with ESPN, et cetera, et cetera. But at the end of the day, you know, it's incredibly important that those voices are heard and those perspectives are provided because to me, it only buffers people like me and others because we need that perspective. Once upon a time, we had to go to the Cedric Maxwell's and others to get that perspective and they go on the air. Now all we had to do is wait for his podcast or listen to him call the Celtics game or hear what he has to say. I'd be like, that's what he said. Okay, how do we feel about it? And we go from there. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, personally. Well, Stephen, it took me. Stephen, hold on, hold on, back real quick. It took me. It took me what three three months? We would say, Max, to to, to finally uh, talk you into doing this damn thing, this damn podcast. Because I've met everything you just said, and, and and then some, right? Because you offer that unique perspective that obviously people hear on the radio every single game. Mm-hmm. But right. We, people people want to hear what you sound like after or before the game or talking about things that have nothing to do right. with the NBA, you know, like that's the type of perspective that people are, are, are you know, they want to feel like they're in the room having a conversation with Cedric Maxwell, you know, or other former NBA players that are now have these platforms to, to, uh, to do their podcast. But there's, but there's an additional challenge that comes with it from somebody like me specifically. If I'm just a player or a former player with a podcast, yeah, I'm giving you my perspective, my feel uh, and, and just my take on things. But in my position, because of who I am 
and what I've been associated with and, 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 and what have you, the expectation is an elevated level of responsibility. So it's not a, just about giving the audience what they want to hear. It's also about having the courage to tell them what they need to hear because of the world we're living in and what they're subjected to. It's like a lot of times you see cats and they're telling me, Stephen A selling out, blah, blah, blah. And then a man like my boy Snoop Dogg comes, comes in. He said he ain't selling out. He looking out because he's here listening wow. to me talk. Oh. And I'm not telling you I'm exactly. right or whatever. I'm saying to you, this is the perspective. This is what's going to happen to you if you do this. I want you to know. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying this is the world that we're living in. And it's, it's, it's to me, I'm going to use the word stupid. It's very stupid for somebody to think that they could say what they want to say and do what they want to do when they got their hand out for somebody else's money and there's not going to be any repercussions. That's right. not the way the world works. The way the world works is, is that at some point in time, compromise comes into play. Some levels of capitulation come into play. You don't sell your soul. You don't compromise your integrity. I've been talking to Cedric Maxwell for decades. You know, he's always been said. He's always been corporate. He's as real as it gets. But as real as I know him to be, I also know he knows when to be real quiet. He knows when to be. He knows when to be. Listen, this ain't a subject I need to be touch, touching on on this particular day. That's not smart. So and either, even though he's outspoken, he's very real, he's very authentic, he's also highly intelligent because he knows mm. the game. And so when you know the game, people in today's world would try to make you feel like, oh, you're a sellout because you're mindful of the game. But you have to make judicious decisions. And I'm talking to you directly right now. You got to make judicious decisions. <clears throat> in other words, yeah, I want to make this point. But if this point is going to get in the way of this bigger point that needs to be made down the road, but I'm not going to be around to be listened to because I wanted to make this point on this little issue right here. <laughs> what you really accomplish. You got to wow. make those decisions every day. Well, I want to I ask you this because I want to put you, and I'm, I got my pen out here. I'm sure. putting a Mount Rushmore in your backyard. Oh, man. And your Mount Rushmore is what, Stephen A? You got four Basketball? people. Basketball? No. Everything you got more <laughs> people that you can put on your Mount Rushmore. Oh, okay. Of sports. Um, of sports. For me, of, of sports. Of sports. Of sports. It's gonna be for me. It's gonna be Michael Jordan. Um, it's gonna be Muhammad Ali. Um, I have to put Bill Russell there. The reason I have to put Bill Russell there is because it's not just the eleven championships. It's the duress under which he achieved it. Mm. He wasn't only just a champion as a player. He was a champion as a player coach. And yo, fellas, let's call it like we see it. It was in Boston in the 60s. Are you kidding me? Come on now. I don't have to get into it, but we know. Okay. For him said. to achieve what he has achieved, what he achieved, God rest his soul. I mean, there's nothing to, to, to talk about. I mean, it's, right. just, it's just that phenomenal. And I would say... I would say him. This is going to be good. Number four is going to be good with you because you done left out a lot of people. I got. To I left this. out a whole lot of people. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to go. We could say Jackie Robinson, integrating Major League Baseball. I get that. Um, I would tell you that. I get that part. And it has to start somewhere. I would tell you, believe it or not, and I've never said this before, 
probably Irvin Magic Johnson. Duh. Wow. You, you, can I, can I, turn the microphone. Turn that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> let me explain why. Let me let me let me explain why. Wow. If I could, if I could, it would be him with Bird. Because the same courtesy and credibility and reverence I'm gonna give to Magic belongs to Bird too. Because they made the NBA okay to be brought into your living room. Mm. You know, but the reason I give that to Magic is because white America is white America. And Bird, you know, the hick from French Schlick and, 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 and his greatness and what he brought to the table, that's all fine, good, and dandy. And he was phenomenal. I'm a huge Larry Bird fan and, and major respect to him. But being white, he was always going to be embraced at that particular moment in time. But Magic wasn't. Magic wasn't. And, and there is no Michael Jordan. There is no LeBron James. There is no Kobe Bryant. I'm talking about in terms of being the global iconic figures that they are. None of those people achieved that if it were not for Magic Johnson. The reason why I give it to Magic over Jackie Robinson, even though Jackie Robinson integrated the sport of baseball, is because up, I, we still find ourselves having a problem with baseball. Baseball is 6% black. It's still a problem. Wow. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it's the year 2023, and they've right. had to change, you know, they've had to change different rules and make it more appealing to the athleticism that baseball players can bring and what have you, whether it's the pitch count, it's the raising of the mound. It's the, you know, you, you can't shift shifting rules, et cetera, et cetera. You got all of these things that have sped up the games. It's led to more home runs, more RBI, more runs, you know, more stolen bases, et cetera, et cetera. And that is really helping to ingratiate the sport with the younger generation and inviting folks of color even more so to the game. But I'm, my point is, in the year 2023, it's still a challenge for Major League Baseball, even though Jackie Robinson integrated the sport in 1947. Yeah. So, so, but Magic comes in in 80, and a few <clears throat> years later, the NBA takes off. And it's on primetime television because of Magic and Bird. And uh, Bird deserves credit, but he was white, and they were going to give it to him anyway. Everybody was going to get it. <laughs> and that's why I got Magic on my Mount Rushmore. <laughs> that was, that was pretty good. No. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for candidates isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, if you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 300 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to any other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because it knows exactly what I'm looking for. It gives me the top candidates that I need that enables me to comb through the other applicants and get right to the top to what I'm looking for. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of the Cedric Maxwell podcast can get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibly 
at Indeed.com slash Maxwell. Just go to Indeed.com slash Maxwell right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Maxwell. Terms and conditions apply. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million Monthly unique visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. That's Indeed.com slash Maxwell. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let me it's not bad. one of them that I had. The one that I got that I put in uh, the greatest female of all time. And that's okay. Serena Williams. Serena Williams. I, no problem. No problem. Okay. No problem. Okay. I, would, I, would, I think she's the greatest bad. of all time. Uh, I, I don't have a problem with Serena Williams. I think I think that's the closest to your to your list. That's the closest yeah, you've had. Yeah, that's that that's the closest to my list, except Magic. And as much as I hear him say that, I do give Magic uh, super respect. I still hate him, but I still give him super respect for not only what he did for basketball, but more so what he did for HIV, what he did for you know people going forward in business to see right. how well they've done. Stephen, I had a chance. Uh, we were in uh, L.A. after Kobe passed away. Another name you didn't mention, but after Kobe passed away, and uh, I had the chance to be on a panel, and it was myself, Kurt Rambis, uh, you know, it was Brian Scalabrine and somebody else, and Michael Cooper. Yep. And who walks in the room? Oh, I'm sorry, Jeannie. I didn't know you guys were in here. I, 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 I was coming down from my suite. It was magic. He comes on right. stage. He reaches over to shake my hand. And I said, I'm not shaking your damn man. He said, he said, come on, man, show me love, man. I'm not shaking your damn. That's how much I hate that dude. But at the same time, I have to be, I have to be 100 percent because that's what we do on this show. We keep it yeah. on the hundred. I have to give that brother his due diligence. Now, the guy that I think I lament more than anybody is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because well, he, he has just been that that bridge and intellectually. To watch how he's grown over the years, the, the well, captain is amazing. Let me challenge yeah, you. He's on a fantastic that. writer too. Let, let, let me let me let me challenge you on that because I, I love and revere Kareem, and we all should. Nineteen-time All Star, all-time leading scorer when he retired, held on to that for years until LeBron James eclipsed him last season. A six-time champion, six-time MVP. We get all of that. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, seven-one, the only player in the history of the sport with one patented fast, uh, uh, you know, move that no one could stop, no matter who it was, where you were, whatever. You know exactly what he was going to do, and there was nothing you could do about it. Okay, um, all of those things are true, but I think that it was a couple of things that that we. This is where you have to give Bill Russell the nod, um, not just in terms of number of championships, but essentially this: Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was a brilliant mind who was off-putting, and people, as a result, ignored his brilliance. They were able to squash it because he they, they found reasons not to listen to him. This is a guy that was standing behind Muhammad Ali when Jim Brown and Bill Russell and everybody was there. This is a guy that was fighting on behalf of our rights as, 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 as Black men, as Black people, as a society as a whole, and how we needed to do better. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar should be revered for eternity. But when you talk about that Mount Rushmore, part of the element that has to come into play is almost like this mindset that you're challenging yourself. There's a difference between being listened to and being heard. 
Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was listened to, but Bill Russell was heard because no matter how they tried to derail Bill Russell, his integrity and his delivery and his presentation, it projected. And as a result, that combined with his winning made you hear him more than you heard Kareem, even though Kareem was just as worthy of being heard. All of those things come into play. And that's what I'm talking about. When I had, when you got, of course, Kareem would be on the list if I had other space. But when you say Mount Rushmore, you only got four. You got yeah, that's the thing, man. It's that, yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Well, what's, what's, what about uh, what about today's uh, Celtics and Lakers, man? I guess this is a two-part question for you. Uh, first part is, is, is this it for the Celtics? Is, is this the team? Is this the championship team that uh, Celtics fans have been waiting for? Or are they... No. One significant Chris Stats Porzingis injury away. Like, well, how do you see it? I know. Well, here's how we have, what, here's what we 21 games in. The moment they gave Jalen Brown over $300 million, we need to stop talking about is this it for Boston? What Boston said to you is Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are going to be here for years to come. This is it. Because neither is over the age of 27. They got a decade left in their game, they ain't going anywhere. And so, because you know if they gave Jalen Brown that money, just add a additional $50 million to Jason Tatum's contract. Just, just add it. It's, it. He's not going anywhere. And so because that's your reality, you know what? Porzingis may end up going someplace. Uh, uh, Derek White and, and, and Horford and those brothers may be, may be going someplace. But Tatum and Brown are here to stay. And as long as Tatum and Brown are here to stay, the Boston Celtics are going to contend. Now, what does does that mean that they're going to win a championship this year? No, but I tell you this much: I got them as my favorite. I tell you that um, there is no team in the NBA that should be able to definitively look at the Boston Celtics and say we're better. No one. With Brown and Tatum, with Drew Holiday at the point, with mm. Porzingis replacing Marcus Smart, who I miss dearly. Uh, but nevertheless, he ain't seven three. He ain't a seven three shot blocker with a three point shot. Um, with Al Horford still there, with Derek White still there, um, and I like Pritchard, believe it or not. I like I like his moxie, his guts coming off the bench and giving you the little bit he could give you. Um, I like that. I don't think there's any excuse for the Boston Celtics to play second fiddle to anybody this season. Could they lose to a Denver? Sure. Could could could. Could they lose to a Milwaukee or a Philly gets an additional piece? It's possible, but nobody should look at the Boston Celtics and view them as an underdog against any single opponent in the NBA outside of the reigning defending champion Denver Nuggets. And the only reason you would do that is because their chemistry is intact and Boston is trying to figure theirs out. Damn. I know, right? The second part of my question, man, is uh, what your your thoughts on the in season tournament? You know, the, uh, this is we recorded this right before the uh, championship round. Yep. Um, with that being said, the Lakers, Pacers, uh, do you, can you see this as a, a potential building block for this Lakers team? How do you see this uh, playing well, out for this Lakers team moving forward? First of all, I'm in Vegas right now. I'm here in my hotel. The get championship game is tonight, as the time we're taping this. Um, I would tell you, first of all, the in season tournament is a success much more successful than I thought it would be. And I felt this way for the last couple of weeks. You know the night when I was convinced 
when I saw Golden State lose to Sacramento 124-123 a couple yeah, of years. I mean, I was when pulling I for the Kings. And how yeah. they were going at it and, and how invested that crowd was, that was a playoff atmosphere. And we know yeah. what we're talking about because we saw them against each other in the first round last year in the playoffs. And so for me right. to witness that and to see them going at each other the way that they did, I got to tell you that it was it was exhilarating to watch. There was no doubt about it. Um, and, and then to see Indiana take down Boston. And then after that, to take down Milwaukee. Um, to see this kid Tyrese Halliburton balling out. Flexing on him. Flexing on him. Which, by the way, just gets on my last nerves because I begged the New York <laughs> Knicks to draft him the day before the draft. I said, you don't need no damn Is that right? You're, oh, yeah. Oh, you don't need no damn OB top. You got, you, got, you got forwards. You need a guard. You need a point guard. And they didn't listen. And, and look at and look at the Knicks. But but the, but the bottom line is, you know, ten you know ten and zero against not sub five hundred teams and two and eight against teams above five hundred. Go figure. But I will tell you that mm. again, the in season tournament is successful. Um, I would tell you they need to get rid of that point differential thing where you got to run up the score. And people they need to get rid of that. Um, outside of getting rid of that, I would tell you I love the fact that you got a young star like Halliburton putting on the show and putting the basketball world on notice that he's coming, and this meaning so much. Um, but I also I love even more a four-time champion and a four-time league MVP like LeBron James going out there and playing the way that he played and showing you that this means something to him, even approaching the age of 39 in his 21st season in the NBA. I think it's a testament to his greatness, um, his competitive fervor, uh, what and he and, and to me said he personifies what a marquee is supposed to be like. When your name is the marquee, you're supposed to be somebody that embraces it and says, "Here we go, I'm gonna lead this pack." And that's what he did. And and the only negative part about that was the embarrassing performance of the New Orleans Pelicans led by Zion. Ah. I mean, you're supposed to be the face of this franchise. And you roll into the play-in and you get in the postseason, rather, the play-in tournament, and you get trounced by 44 points. It was supposed to be your coming out party. It was supposed to be your stage where you said, I'm the young gun. I'm that new dude. But I ain't going to lie to you. He walked to the free throw line. Yo, fellas, I saw a belly. I saw a belly. A belly. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and we doing our homework. And we're hearing from people and 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 and. and and we're asking people, what the hell is he eating? And you know what they're saying? The table. Like, the table. Oh, man. They ain't even, they ain't even giving you meals. I was going to ask you, did he lose to Vegas? He's, he's eating it? the table. And, and, and when you Jeez. see that, yo, man, that's a problem, bro. That's a problem, fellas. You can't have that, man. And so, uh, again, I love the fact that regular season play, the importance of it has been elevated. I appreciate it, um, and, and they got they still got to make some modifications, but I would define it as a success, but primarily because of Halliburton and LeBron James. Man, I tell you what, we want to thank you. I know you're busy and, uh, you know, keeping on the hundred with us. You know, now you don't owe me that damn meal that, you know, I talked about before with <laughs> you. Told you, when you made bro. that bet. You said, I tell you, this is going to happen. I think that's when Detroit was playing – 
Boston and, and, and yeah. Boston beat them. We made a small bet on that, but now you off the hook, dude. But, uh, you know, I appreciate it. And, and lastly, before you go, man, I appreciate your integrity. I appreciate what you do for black people. And for me, I hate it when I see another brother try to trounce you saying, oh, Stephen A., that's their boy. You have to do a job. And I appreciate yeah. you doing your job. You represent yourself well. And what you do, as Joe Sway and I said, you keep it on the hunt. And, and if you're wrong, you're wrong. But because Absolutely. you are who you are representing, and now that you become so big, did you ever think that, you know, you would do something that they would mock you on uh, Saturday Night Live? I mean, dude, that's how big you are. <laughs> yeah, for real. I appreciate you, man. You know what? I, I love my man Cornbread for years, man. I appreciate you saying all those things. Thank you so much. You know you're my brother. I love you to death. But I got to tell you, man, it just, um, I've been blessed. You know, I, I don't take it for granted. I work hard, um, you know, through the you know through the grace of God, I've been in this position and been placed in this position to, 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 to make a difference. And to me, that's what I strive to do, to be honest with you. Yeah, I talk sports, but I use sports as a conduit to talk about a multitude of other things that are far more important than the world of sports, to be honest with you. And it really opened the, the gateways to others on the come up doing the same thing. And, you know, I may not have a cause to feel this way. I mean, who am I? But when I see these players and I see a lot of these youngsters like Cameron and Mesa, uh, you know, are here in Vegas and, you know, yeah. they're doing it. But, and I'm proud of them. But when I see young cats on the come up doing stuff and it's, when they give me love, it's one of the greatest honors that I feel because, you know what, if you're not creating opportunities for other people and you all about yourself, what have you really accomplished? There's no success without successors. And to me, to have these youngsters, you know, whether you're a baller or a former baller, whether you were somebody from the hip hop genre or wherever else, for cats to look at me and to say, yo, man, you inspired me to do this, man. You set the stage, you set the way for us. Uh, it's what I strive to do. And so the fact that I've been successful in doing that and, and people are noticing that and giving me those that that props and that level of recognition is really humbling and it touches my heart because it was one of my objectives and it's really nice to see it all coming to fruition and a lot of voices out there coming from our community to make sure that they're expressing our perspective and forcing corporate America and beyond to embrace it by letting them know we're not going away we're not going anywhere it's just a testament to our to our resolve as a people and what we bring to the table and it's something that makes me very proud and very happy to be associated with well thank wow, you my Mr. brother that means a lot that really, really resonates with me, man. I appreciate it. I've been on the Celtics beat about six, seven seasons now. And, man, uh, that, that that means a lot, man. Honestly, coming from you, and this is a very special day for me, man, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, someone I've, I've watched growing up. and uh, that, that Everything you just said, man, it means a whole lot to, 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 to me and to the rest of the culture, for sure, man. 100%. Thank you. I appreciate Steve, it, man. man. Thank you. He's All right, going to do this episode of the Cedric Maxwell Podcast. He is Stephen A. Smith, Cedric Maxwell. I am Joe Sway Pavone. We'll check you guys out next week. And uh, who knows what, who we'll have next, man. Appreciate it. Once again, thank you, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, we'll see you guys next week.